Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Normal with Autism podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tara Smith, and thanks so much for joining me. Um, I want you to know that we are now iTunes official on Normal with Autism, and I'm completely excited about that. Um, so you can go on to iTunes, you can search Normal with Autism, and we will pop up and be there. And I encourage all of you to do that. And I would really appreciate it too, if you would like and subscribe and rate the podcast. Um, That would help uh, me know who's listening. That would help me know um, that you're out there and that you're interested in what's going on on this podcast. And um, it would be great to get that feedback. So rate and subscribe. Again, Normal with Autism on iTunes. And um, if you're on Instagram, come find me over there. Um, I'm at Tara Star. That's T E R R A S T A R R 77. Tara Star 77. Come over and say hi. And if you are listening to the podcast, um, do me a favor and go ahead and screenshot that. Tag us in it. Tag me at Tara Star 77. Let me know that you enjoyed the podcast today, the episode today. And um, I would love to see uh, a tag and a screenshot from you guys if you're listening. Um, So welcome to my kitchen table. This is the episode that almost wasn't. I think that's the um, title for today because it is late in the evening and it is um, rainy and yucky outside. and. Wow, what a day. Have you ever had those days where you decide, I am going to get up and I'm going to conquer today? And I have a to do list of a million things and I'm excited about. Like, normally I'm, I'm not one to be like, oh, yay, I have laundry to do today. I don't know if any of you out there are. Um, but this was one of those days where I was like, I'm going to pay bills and I'm going to organize things and I'm going to put away laundry and I'm going to clean my kitchen and I'm going to do my podcast and like my to-do list just was amazingly long and I was excited about it and then I get the phone call from school and wah 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 Finn is sick and my oldest one woke up sick and it just kind of threw a monkey wrench into today's plans so Um, I'm glad I could sit down here and take this time with you guys tonight. Um, despite of all the challenges that we face today. Um, but I want to invite you into, to my kitchen table. I want to invite you into my family's experience as a special needs family. And, um, I want to talk about a topic that actually a couple of people, um, that I'm either kind of close with on social media or close in my special needs parenting group that we run. Um, here through our church, a couple of people have actually brought this up. Um, and it's all about first how you build your support system, and also what happens when the people in your life who you thought were going to be part of that support system or who you were hoping would be part of that support system just really don't show up for you. And really, you, um, kind of start to understand that these people uh, who, again, you thought you were going to be there for you, 
just just aren't able to be there for you. Um, you know, being a special needs family, it can be really isolating. And part of that is because there is a certain kind of stress that comes along with being a special needs family. And uh, not a lot of people get it. Not a lot of people want to get it. And I completely understand that. But because before we had our epilepsy diagnosis, before we had our autism diagnosis, I didn't know anything about epilepsy. I didn't know anything about autism. I mean, I, I knew enough to be dangerous. I didn't get it. And I, I, I wasn't interested in getting it. I, I didn't need to be interested in it. It didn't impact me. It didn't impact anyone around me that I loved. Um, and boy, man, after you get those diagnoses, things change. And that's okay. Um, but again, there's this, str- this stress that comes along with being a special needs family, a certain type of stress. And really, unless you've lived it, unless you've walked it, it's hard to get. Um, but praise God for those people around us who want to get it, who want to step into our world, who want to better understand what's going on for us. Um, and I'm, I'm say that with all sincerity, praise God for those people, because without them, I don't know where I would be. And I'm sure many of you um, listening probably feel that same way. Um, even in the beginning, um, my experience was one of people just not really getting it. And I had several people say things to me that um, kind of tried to overly normalize our situation. And I, I can appreciate that. I'm a therapist. And one of the things that we do is we try to normalize people's feelings, try to help them feel okay about their feelings. Uh, but of course, we don't want to overly normalize things. And I think in the beginning, when you go through this change, when you receive a diagnosis, when you become a special needs family, I think people's first instinct around you is to try to normalize things. But sometimes, unfortunately, they can try to overly normalize things. For example, a few years ago, when Finn was about three or four, I was sharing some pressure that I felt to choose the right kind of school. And again, keep in mind, the right kind of school is in quotes, because there is no right kind of school out there. Um, You just find the best environment you can for your kiddo. And you keep fighting for that environment every year. Um, but he was about three or four. And at the time, I was sharing with, with a friend. Um, and I was, I was stressed out. I was like, you know, I could go here. We could send him here. Um, we just had multiple choices in front of us. And the friend said to me, oh, all parents go through that. Okay. All right. At the time, um, I, I can look back on that comment now and I can I can recognize in the moment the the folks who made those kinds of comments to me in the beginning. They were uncomfortable. They were uncomfortable with seeing my pain, my stress, my sadness. And I get that. I get that now. Looking back on it, I can see it. And I understand they were uncomfortable because I wasn't feeling uncomfortable in that moment. I was hurt, I was lost, I was confused, anything but uncomfortable. But I get that at that moment, they were trying to 
quell their uncomfortableness so that maybe they could be there for me. And I understand that looking back on that now, I have that perspective now. In that moment, comments like that hurt. In that moment, um, I felt dismissed. I felt not heard, not understood, certainly. Um, again, I'm not holding anything against those folks who, who said those kinds of things to me in the beginning. We were all just trying to figure it out. Um, but I did. I felt dismissed. I felt not heard, not understood. Um, and, and hand to God, I got a comment um, before we got our autism diagnosis. Wow, he doesn't look autistic or he doesn't look like he has autism. Um, and I think that's one of our favorite things that we kind of giggle about today was, you know, he didn't have that magic third eye growing at that moment to give him that autism look, if you will. But yes, those things were said. Um, and, and, you know, at that moment, um, it, it doesn't feel good to hear those things. At the same time, I have to say, I have had um, far more support and far more positive experiences from my friends and family over this situation, um, from old friends and new friends. Um, people have stepped up. Um, and that includes all different kinds of people, parents, non-parents, other special needs parents, typical parents, men. I have, uh, I have been really fortunate to um, have some really strong people in my corner throughout these last six or seven years. Um, and I need to call out my parents in particular. And that was part of the motivation for wanting to do this particular episode is because I, I see people post um, online about, you know, not having supportive family or, or having to let family go or having to let friends go. And that breaks my heart more than anything that breaks my heart for those folks. Um, and so I'm hoping to offer some encouragement today, but I need to call out my parents. Um, they are two of the best people you will ever know. Um, if, if you don't have a mom and dad, they would be your mom and dad. As a matter of fact, growing up, they were mom and dad to a lot of my friends. Um, a lot of my friends came to my father in particular and would trust him with stuff that they wouldn't talk about with their parents or other adults. Um, I think every teenager needs that. Every young person needs that, a, a trusted adult. And uh, man, my parents set an example for me on, on the kind of parent I wanted to be. I hope I'm half the parent they were to me. Um, and when all of this happened with Finn, when he first got sick, when we first got that epilepsy diagnosis, their, um, unconditional love and, and acceptance of the situation, uh, and especially with his autism diagnosis. And more than that, they knew like that if I was grieving, which I did often in the beginning, um, I was a mess in the beginning. Um, they would just let me grieve. They didn't try to fix it. They didn't try to dismiss my feelings. They didn't say it could, you know, well, you're lucky it could be worse. Um, they just held this space for me and, and they just allowed me to kind of have my feelings. And what a, what a blessing, what an absolute blessing. And um, more than anything, I, I wish that for all of you, if you can find those people, they may not be your family. If you can find those people that can hold space for you to have your feelings, whatever it is you might be feeling, I, I, I pray for that for you. Um, 
And, and they held that space for me when I was sad. And then when I was ready to get up again, they, they helped pull me up. And honestly, my, my best friend right now, she is the exact same way. She will hold space for me. Um, I think in part because she's been through a lot of her own traumas and a lot of her own difficulties. And she can sit in the dark with me and she will hold space for me. And, and she can do that. And, and then when I, I want to get up, she helps pull me up. And if I just want to sit there and cry, she's like, that's fine. I'll sit here with you while you're falling apart. And she doesn't try to fix it for me. She just, she's just there with me. And, and what an amazing blessing. Um, so for those of you who feel like you need to build up your support system, I want to encourage you with some of these suggestions. And again, this is, is building up a support system, whether it's through friends or family. Um, you know, oftentimes the change that we want to see in others starts with ourselves. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but I would encourage you. I know you can do this. So, um, it's going to be about practicing a few things. So the first practice that I want to encourage for you is practice asking for help. What do I mean by that? I want you to practice asking for help by getting clear about what you need and then asking for it. Um, maybe think back to times where there's been times you've been in need and think about, ask yourself, what stops you from being clear about knowing what you need? What stops you from being clear? And then maybe what stops you from asking for it? What are those things that are standing in your way of expressing your, your feelings and your needs? What's standing in your way of that? Um, I know for me, I have a hard time being clear about what I need and then putting myself out there. Because for me, it's the, about the anxiety of being vulnerable. It is really hard to be vulnerable. It is really hard to take down your defenses and your walls and say to someone like, I need help. Um, and my anxiety kicks in because I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be told no. I don't want to be thought that I'm less than or weak because I'm asking for help. And, and don't we all do this? Isn't this, this all something that we do? We kind of put up these defenses and walls because we're afraid to ask for help. We're afraid to ask for what we need. Wouldn't it be magical if there were a need fairy? Um, someone who could follow us around in life and be like, you just, ha- you just think of your need in your brain and they're like, oh, you need your iced decaf. Here's your coffee. You need someone to plan a party for you. Here you go. I'm fulfilling your needs without you having to express it. Um, you need someone to attend your IEP meeting for you. There you go. The need fairy will fill in. And sometimes I honestly wonder, um, I was thinking about sending a friend of mine to my next IEP meeting and maybe sit there with a paper mask face on that looks like me and just see if anybody notices. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll try that. Maybe I'll send Sarah in my place. Um, but getting back to it, get clear about what you need. It usually helps to start with how are you feeling in that moment? What do you notice about how you're feeling um, when it comes to a need that you're trying to meet? What do you notice? And um, you can ask yourself, what are you feeling in this moment? Um, Ask yourself, what does that feeling look like? Where do I have this feeling in my body? Um, 
it helps to start first with getting in touch with what it is you're feeling in that moment. And I truly believe that each and every one of us and each of every one of you listening have the ability to understand your feelings and have the ability to name what it is you are feeling. So knowing it and naming it. And um, I, I believe about that about all of us. I think we all have that inside. It just gets buried by all the minutia and all the craziness that is the day and all the concerns over, oh my gosh, what's it going to look like if I express this feeling and then ask for help? Um, So just start with kind of taking a breath, kind of taking a minute and get in touch with what is it that you're feeling in this moment? And it can just be one feeling. I'm sure there's more. There usually are. They're all kind of tangled up in there together. But just one feeling, go with that and and see if that doesn't help you get clear about asking for what you need. Um, I know that when I'm feeling uncomfortable feelings, um, and those are things like sadness, hurt, isolation, loneliness, I need connection. And I just need someone to listen, not to fix things, not to necessarily offer suggestions. I need just someone to sit with me, hear my feelings kind of reflect them back to me. Um, meaning that they'll be like, yeah, I heard you say you're feeling like this. And then just sit with me in the uncomfortableness of it all. Um, that's what I need when I'm feeling those uncomfortable feelings. What do you need? Get clear about the feeling that will help you get clear about what you need and then ask for it. I dare you ask for it. Um, doesn't mean you're always going to get it, but asking for it is so freeing and so helpful. And it just like, is this weight off your shoulder? Um, and it can be as simple as saying like, I feel this way because of this and I need this. So try it with the little stuff first. Sometimes that's easier. Little stuff. I feel unhappy because the dishes aren't done and I need you to do the dishes. There's little stuff. So try it with a little stuff first and then go for a big ask. So practice um, asking for help, getting clear about what you need and then asking for it. Second practice. Um, practice joy. Practice joy. Um, and that's practice um, joy in the, the new relationships that you have. And, you know, then practice grieving the old ones. Um, I want to share with you that I have so many new freaking people in my life because of this journey that I'm on as a special needs parent. And it is amazing. Over the last six, seven years, I have just met some really cool and interesting people. And they are fascinating people, and they are part of my life. And um, the majority of these people are now currently in my life because of who I am today. In part, I identify as a special needs parent. And it's crazy to think that autism and epilepsy brought these people into my life. It's crazy, and it's, and it's true. Um, these, these deepest, darkest moments brought these really cool, amazing people into my life. 
Um, if Finn wasn't autistic, um, if he didn't have the difficulties that he'd had, I'm, I'm not sure that I would have all these new wonderful people. And um, my co-host, Sarah, my co-host is in my life because of autism. Um, her and I share that with each other. Um, I have an entire church family on my side because of epilepsy. Um, and then to say also that, you know, I have so much joy about all these new, kind of newish, newer people and relationships. And, and then even my older relationships that I still have with friends, um, family. I feel like I experience them in, in such a more authentic and deeper level than I ever did previous to this journey. Um, and that, and wow, how, how amazing is that? So, so focus for you guys, focus in on those, those new people in your life or those, those older relationships that are more deeper and, and more authentic because of your journey as a special needs parent and, and what joy there is in that. What, what amazing joy there is in, in those people. And then it's okay to grieve the relationships that you had to let go of. I've had several myself and it is necessary to grieve those relationships. Grief will not be not experienced. You, you have to experience it. It will be there until you go through it, until you walk through it. Um, so ask yourself, how can I experience this grief? How can I acknowledge it? And then get to a place of acceptance. And you know what's interesting is I always talk about acceptance in my work with my clients. And I never really understood, like acceptance, it feels like this big kind of out there um, idea. And what, what does that mean to accept something? And I went and looked it up and I almost got the chills reading the definition. So to accept something means that you are taking up something that is offered. Wow. Acceptance means that you are taking on something or taking up something that is offered. And in this journey, I ask myself, what is God offering me through this journey as a special needs parent? What is God offering me through this journey with this autistic, amazing kiddo? What is God offering me through this journey with all of these beautiful people in my life, all these new beautiful people who came into my life because of the deepest, darkest moments we experienced. Um, so in your place of grieving, getting to a place of acceptance is asking yourself to acknowledge that grief, to fully experiencing it, and asking yourself, what's God offering me through this journey? Um, and how do you experience that grief of those people who maybe don't get it, maybe were cruel to you in this journey. Maybe you felt like just let you down. Maybe you need to write a letter to them. Maybe you need to write that letter and hand it to them. Maybe you need to write that letter and burn it. Whatever works for you so that you can fully experience that grief, you can acknowledge it, and then you can release that person to their lives. And you can get back to fully more experiencing your life 
and focusing on the joy you have in the relationships of the people who are showing up for you. Um, and you'll have more mental and emotional energy once you fully acknowledge that grief and once you fully move forward from it and accept from it. So that's practicing joy. Practicing non-judgment. So you know what? It hurts. It hurts when we lose those friendships or it hurts when we realize those family members can't be there for us in the way that we need them to be there for us. Or that when we recognize those friendships or family relationships might be collapsing under the weight of whatever diagnosis you might have as a special needs family or whatever you might be experiencing as a special needs parents. Um, What you can do is you can work on practicing non-judgment and that can help to not let the hurt take over. And that can help to not let the resentment take over and not let the defensiveness build up inside of you and the resentment build up inside of you. And kind of how I picture this, um, you know, when you're younger, right? Um, I don't know about you, but I loved parties. I loved having parties. I wanted to have parties all the time. Like if I could get 40 people to come over to my parents' house growing up, that's what I would do. Um, I just wanted everybody to come over. I was always that person who, like, I just want everybody to be there. You know, whether or not I was good friends with them or not, I just, I wanted everybody to be there. Um, and so you invite everybody you can think of, or or you have a birthday party and you're like, I'm going to invite all these people. I don't know if that's like you, but that's how I was. Um, or, or maybe even more recently, you have had, had a wedding, you've been married, right? And what's the typical experience with, with people, folks getting married? Like you invite 150 people and 75 show up, right? And what's that about? Well, part of that is about the fact that not everyone wants to come to your party. And that is a tough lesson to learn. Um, but when you, you get it, when it clicks, um, you get it. And being in this journey as a special needs parent, it's kind of like a party, I would say. Um, most days it's unexpected. It can be intensely joyful. It can be intensely painful. It keeps me alive. It keeps me showing up. And it's something like that, that I was invited to participate in. I was invited by God to participate in this journey. And what I what I've come to realize is not everybody wants to join in on my party. Not everybody wants to be there. And that's okay. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. You may really want to have had certain people come along with you on this ride to come along to this party. And it hurts when you realize that they're not up for it. They're just not up for it. And and what you're wanting to expect from them, they can't provide it to you. Um, and this is that this is okay. Um, it's just they're not wanting to come to your party. And this is kind of a newer practice for me. I've had a relationship or two that I thought was going to stand all of this change, was going to stand all of this heaviness, 
um, in, in the beginning stages of, of being um, a, a parent to an autistic kid. Um, but it, they didn't, these relationships couldn't stand it. Um, and you know what? I've had my time to grieve. I've, I've fully acknowledged that grief. I've fully come to a place of acceptance and I can do it in a non-judgmental way. It doesn't reflect badly on them or me. It's just what it is. And the more I can view the loss of this friendship or the more I can view the family member that can't be there for me in this journey um, in a non-judgmental way, the better I am and the more energy I have and the more um, I am able to focus on the people that have shown up for me. Um, so in this, in this journey for you guys in trying to practice this non-judgment towards these people who couldn't show up for you, friends, family, ask yourself, what are you holding on to in this relationship? What are you holding on to? Are you holding on to that person or the idea of the person who you thought they could be? Are you holding on to that relationship as it is? Or are you holding on to the idea of what it could be if they could show up for you? Um, if they could be there for you, if they did want to come to your party? Um, what are you holding on to? And does this mean that if you let this person go, you fully acknowledge your grief, you approach them in a non-judgmental way, you're practicing that non-judgment, if you choose to draw back energy and focus it somewhere else into the people who are showing up for you, does this mean they can't come back into your life? Absolutely not. They can. Um, all relationships ebb and flow. You, you go apart, you come back together. You go apart, you come back together. And they can come back into your life one day. So this last one that I want to talk about in terms of practicing, we've practiced asking for help, practicing joy, practicing non-judgment. I want to encourage each and every one of you listening to practice your faith. I don't care what faith you are. Um, I want you to practice it. I want to encourage you to practice it. I want to encourage you to get a rhythm to your faith, whatever that may look like. I am a Christian. I have a rhythm to my faith. It's what centers me. It's what grounds me, um, especially when I feel the chaos that is this current life that I live. Um, it allows me to be a better wife. It allows me to be a better mom when I am centered and when I am grounded. Um, and whatever your belief system is, make it a part of something that is the rhythm of your life. My, my pastor encourages this regularly. Um, I hear from him regularly, make your faith a rhythm in your life. If you experience your church by walking in the woods, make that a rhythm in your life. If you go to a church, if you go to a temple, make it a rhythm in your life. Find that spiritual practice, whatever it may look like. Because folks, it will be your anchor. It will be your guide. It will be your center. Whatever that spiritual practice looks like, meditation, yoga, prayer. For me, I, I go to church regularly on Sunday. And then I volunteer regularly. Um, 
I also have a, a couple of routines to start and end my day that those are kind of non-negotiable. So then that day, whatever the day brings for me that day, whatever I'm facing, those routines have centered me. They've grounded me. My faith has centered me and grounded me. Um, and, and those are deal breakers for me. I have to practice those on a regular basis. It is part of a rhythm of my life. Um, because I know in the craziness that is these routines and these rhythms, they help me to take time to further my relationship with God. And when that relationship is strong, when I feel connected, I can feel centered, I can feel grounded. And then whatever chaos comes my way, I'm, I'm able to focus on it. I'm able to deal with it and I can practice joy and I can practice non-judgment and I can uh, acknowledge my grief and I can practice asking for help. So that faith is the cornerstone for me and practicing that faith allows me to practice all those other suggestions that I've brought to you today. So, um, that's my encouragement for you today. Uh, those practices. Get it down. Um, figure it out how it can work for you. Ask yourself those questions. Um, I'm encouraging you and I'm praying for all of you that are listening. I hope you can practice that joy because what a joy it is that we get to be on this journey as special needs parents, if you're listening as a special needs parent. What an invitation from God. What a, an amazing thing to be offered something and for us to accept it in this amazing journey with our children, who are these amazing kids who I, I wholeheartedly believe will be world changers, and, and as we close out today, that's my prayer for, for you guys, is that you will practice this joy, practice this faith, practice non-judgment, um, and practice asking for help. That's my encouragement for all of you. And thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week.